Coming up on this episode of Inside the Oscars, we're not just talking about the films, because of course they inspire, they inform, they entertain, but so do the outfits. Fashion today has to be more than just the designer that you're wearing, but what does that designer mean? We're going to look back at some of those show-stopping red carpet looks from over the years. Plus, I am super pumped for this. Forget the celebrities. I got to talk to the woman who makes all those picture-perfect red carpet moments possible. It's about outlining and taking care of the nominee throughout the entire process that when they go home at the end of the night, they think, oh, that, that was the Oscars I imagined. Hey everybody, I'm Ginger Z, and we are getting closer. The date of the Oscars right around the corner, and you know, that means they gotta get the red carpet all cleaned and ready to roll out, and this time it's happening at LA's famed Union Station. Of course, that's a change of venue, so we don't really know what to expect, but what else will be different? The nominees will be dressed down, maybe? Would they wear sweats, hoodies? I don't know. Could they be with the on-trend loungewear look? We don't know, but I know that it would be fine and probably fitting after the year that we've had. If I had to guess, though, somebody's going to be wearing something super great and glamorous because it's still the red carpet. Some fashion statements, though, at least in the last couple of years, have changed from just who are you wearing to what are you saying? And my friend Janae Norman, she's got a little something on that. Hey, Janae. Hey, Ginger. Yes, so excited to look forward to all of fashion we will see on the red carpet at the Oscars this year. And here to talk about it all with me is Joe Z, stylist extraordinaire. Joe, so glad that you're here to talk about everything Oscars fashion. The show's producers this year have called the dress code a fusion of inspirational and aspirational. So basically meaning that, yeah, formal school if you want to go there, but casual is really not. So what do you think when you hear the words inspirational and aspirational when you're thinking of Oscar fashion? The red carpet is back. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I mean, I think Oscar fashion for us, especially in the fashion world, has always been the Super Bowl of it. Like, you know, you you have our huge award season starting at the beginning of the year, and it sort of really starts to ramp up and ramp up and really reaches climax at the Oscars. And this is where everybody's out in full force in couture in one of a kind like you're literally and even designers themselves who've made these dresses for these starlets do not know if these celebrities will be wearing it until the door opens from their car and they step out and they see it for the first time and then they can say my dress is on the red carpet or it didn't make it and i think that's really what it's become i think we're all ready for glitz and glamour and 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 just sort of all of that frivolity again. I think we want to have a little bit of fun. I'm like, I'm sitting here right now talking to you in sweatpants, but I'm done with them. In, <laughs> in 2019, I was like, you know what? Wouldn't it be fun to just wear sweatpants all the time? And now I'm like, I want to burn them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We all wish for it. So you got to be careful what you wish for. Um, but that's a thing because even though, you know, uh, with the Oscars award season winding down to a close, in some of the uh, award shows that we've already had this year, we have seen some folks dressing down but finding a way to make it fashion whether it's the dior pajamas or just something more cozy so do you think that we will just see folks just going for the high-end fashion or could we see some of those more relaxed looks well i think as when we looked at the award season this year to see people sort of ramp up, I mean, you saw you saw that mix of casual into formal, but as each award uh, event came up, everybody got a little bit more dressed up. Do I think you're going to see pajamas on the red carpet? No, I think people are really done with that. I mean, maybe 
you'll see the odd person having fun and maybe some guy will show up and something a little bit more in between, you know, like um, casual and, and, and thrown over something. And I think that's okay too. But are we going to see like a Jason Sudeikis hoodie? No, probably not. Um, I, I think, I think it, I think it'll be fun and somewhat unexpected, but it will definitely be glamorous. After the year that 2020 was, not only was it, of course, hallmarked by COVID and by isolation um, and all of that, but also by activism. And so when we're looking ahead to the red carpet for the Oscars this year, how do you think that celebrities could continue to use their fashion to communicate a personal message or to say something that's important to them? Well, I mean, I think you have always seen elements of this through the years. I mean, I think all the way back at the very first time, and, and Jane Fonda is a big proponent of this, you know, she's very, very um, open and candid about her activism. But in 1972, she wore a YSL black tuxedo to the Oscars to protest the Vietnam War. And why YSL, I don't know. But I think the reality is that she wanted to wear something that was really not your traditional um, red carpet gown to sort of say, hey, you guys, this is what's going on. And then you sort of flash forward to 2018 and you've got Time's Up and you're asking celebrities to wear black on the carpet. And that really sort of changed things too. But, you know, in the 90s, we wore red ribbons to sort of signify, you know, the AIDS epidemic. And I think now we're going to see, you know, a lot of people really use politics to be reinterpreted in a way for the red carpet. And politics today can mean so many different things. And certainly, yes, certain justice movements, social justice movements, I think all of that will be amplified in many ways on the red carpet um, because we are living in that. And I think we can't ignore that. And the fact that fashion today has to be more than just the designer that you're wearing, but what does that designer mean? And what does the gown that you're wearing represent? And one thing that we have seen come up um, more and more is the idea of sustainability. And so, for instance, when someone chooses to rewear a look, what message do you think that they're sending? Because back in the day, that didn't happen. It was almost like taboo. But we do see it now. Oh, my gosh. I think that is the biggest thing. You know, I have to say, like, my favorite remark ever, I think, was on the red carpet um, at the Oscars a while back, and George Clooney did this, and I don't even think he realized that he was even actually sending a trend way back. But I think he was. They were asking, you know, um, Amal Clooney about getting ready, and and you know, getting her dressed together for the Oscars. And and George was like, I don't know, thirty minutes before the show, I pulled out the tuxedo from the back of my closet and I put it on, and off we went. And in a way, he was being sort of fun and and flippant and being very George. And really, I think it said two things. It said, you know, men didn't, wasn't held up to the same standards as women. They could just pull out an old tuxedo and be done with it. And no one was ever going to criticize yeah. them. And they wouldn't be make, you know, they wouldn't be judged up and down. But I think he was also saying, hey, I shot my closet. I don't have to actually go get a new tuxedo every single time there's a red carpet and sort of build up this level of, excess and waste and i think you saw that sort of casual mark now become a trend i mean i think last year you saw joaquin phoenix he said he was going to wear one stella mccartney tuxedo through the entire season and he stuck to his word which i am obsessed with that because it was really about <laughs> sustainability he wore a designer that was about being sustainable who's worked very very hard to break, make that you know part of her mantra in her designing. There is a lot of excess and waste in my industry. And I think to have designers really sit up and pay attention to that is really great. I mean, I think um, Olivia Coleman also at the 2020 Oscars was wearing a Stella McCartney gown that she had designed for her, but she used sustainable velvet. And I think 
it's it's elements of this that's starting to come back into what fashion can be. Like we're gonna make pretty clothes, but we're also gonna do it with our world, you know, on, on top of mind. And even when when someone is thinking about what designer, who they will wear, they can send a message. So what's it say when, when someone chooses to, you know, wear a designer like Christian Siriano on the red carpet? The designer you choose also sends a message. Well, the designers that you do choose right now stand for a lot of different things. I love that you said Christian Siriano. He's an incredible designer. You know, he was... He came off a of project runway, but he has always been the one designer in this industry that has sort of celebrated the underrepresented people who are maybe not your typical fashion plates. And he's always been size inclusive and gender non-conforming and all of these things that you feel are not part of the industry, but he's made it part of the industry. So I think when you have a celebrity put on a Christian Siriano gown, you're literally saying, you know what, I advocate what he stands for. I love that he stands for size inclusivity. I love that he stands for everybody is allowed into this fashion game. And I think that, that I love. We're not just seeing this on the red carpet, but even in the political sphere and just other places, other examples of using major fashion moments to elevate a certain designer or to take a stand. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think fashion now has taken a global stage. I mean, the Internet's made everything so much more accessible to us. The world is a lot smaller. Everybody is, you know, it, everybody is a, is democratic in that way where fashion is really for the masses. And Michelle Obama is actually the perfect example. From the very beginning, she said, I'm going to celebrate, you know, young up and coming designers as well as established ones. And she had no problem wearing J. Crew, but she can make someone like Jason Wu, who was not a designer anyone had heard of previous to Michelle Obama, a household name. And I think there were so many examples of designers like that from America that she really celebrated and brought to the forefront. And I think politics, I mean, I, I was saying it earlier, politics and the red carpet is now just sort of merged into one. I think you can't separate those things anymore because whatever you do and wherever you are says a lot about you and what you stand for. And so heading into this year's Oscars, thinking ahead to the red carpet, what fashion advice, if any, would you give to this year's nominees? Oh, you know what? I want them to go for it. Just go for it. Have fun. Um, you know, I, I think I think people are looking to them to just say, like, you know what? I want a little bit of escape. I want a little bit of fun. And I think we went through a period, you know, where, and of course I was part of this, but like where I think some celebrities could be a little bit apprehensive because they were so worried about being on the best dress list, the worst dress list, and, you know, and, and being classified into one of those things it's not a moniker that really goes away because it it's there that night, but every year it's dug up again. And <laughs> yeah. I think, and I think it sort of lives in infamy. And I think there is a lot of fear of that, but I think now that fear is sort of dissipated. I think people have wanted to sort of say, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to have fun. I'm just going to be a little bit fearless in the way that I attack things. And like Gwyneth Paltrow is someone that's always sort of been like that, you know, and she's doesn't care really what people say. And I think she's always looked incredible on the red carpet. So I, I think that sort of um, that, that sort of confidence and, and, and sort of chutzpah really, really translates on the red carpet now. And so, Joe, if you can think back of all the Oscar looks ever, ever, ever to the beginning of Oscar history, what was your favorite look of all time? Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> that's that's not fair to the, of all, 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 all time. I mean, I mean, that's not really, I mean, we're talking about Grace Kelly in her green gown, but we're talking about Audrey Hepburn. I'm, 
I'm always obsessed with Cher and, and Barbara Streisand showing up in those Bob Mackie. I mean, talking about digging up the old looks, but showing up in sheer clothes, you know, at the Oscars <laughs> with a headdress, like a headdress. It's just like everything to me is like, wow. And of course, only Cher could pull that off. And I, you haven't even really seen it again ever. But, you know, I, I look at like, and these are classic, classic Oscar moments, but like Nicole Kidman wearing that Dior couture gown that was neon green and trimmed in fur and embroidered. Everything on paper that was wrong about a red carpet dress at the time. <laughs> like she broke every rule and looked fantastic. And of course I love Julia and her Valentino so, so, so much. And of course Gwyneth in her pink gown has been, you know, legendary and Halle Berry. I mean, she, when she won, she looks stunning too. Um, Hillary Swank, the twice, two times she's won. So you know what? I, I answered your question <laughs> there is by not no answering answer. it. No, because you wanted one favorite moment yeah. of all time. No, that's fair. Yeah. Lots to look forward to on the red carpet. Josie, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure as always. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I cannot wait to see all the glamour uh, on the Oscar carpet. Stay tuned. What a nice look down red carpet memory lane. Meaningful messages behind those fashion choices. And Janae will come back right after this. Janae, thank you so much. You're always looking gorgeous. And I know I only had one red carpet experience. You also have only done it once. Yeah. And, you know, it's always so interesting because you see these things for years on TV. But one thing I've learned about working in TV is that it's never quite the same. Those camera angles, mm -hmm. um, they, they go a long way to make something look <laughs> far more like grand and extravagant than it really mm -hmm. is. Obviously, it was very cool, um, but it was different. Yeah, from the, from the moment I walked into my first TV station, I did an internship and I was like, oh, this is TV. <laughs> But this year specifically, and really the last couple of years, people finally are saying something with what they're wearing. It's not just who, it's what are you saying? Yes, and I think that that's what's so cool about it. And obviously the red carpet is kind of the ultimate place for it because there are so many people. Um, but I think that it's it's not only there, it's also at the inauguration or mm -hmm. so many different places where fashion takes center stage. And like you said, it is about the message, you know, what you're trying to show, what new designer are you trying to give a leg up and help get yeah. their name out there. Um, so I think that it's so fascinating, all of it. I'm sorry, I don't remember and I should have looked. What were you wearing last year? First off, do not feel bad, Ginger. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I had to go back and look. It was 2019 when I went. And yeah. going into this, I'd never covered something like that before. Yeah. So I was lost. I got a stylist <laughs> for that event. And one thing that I do know from just being on TV is that I'm always looking for a pop of color. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going with like this... Um, kind of reddish orange mm -hmm. strapless dress. And it was nice because it wasn't too tight, so I didn't feel like I couldn't breathe. Um, but going into it, I had no idea. I was like, how over the top should I go? Like, I still yeah. want to be underdressed. Yes. And that's because I think no matter what position you are, even if you're smashed between people in a press box, it's a red carpet. How big do I go? I tried on a lot of, because I, I never have trouble 
taking chances and then getting in trouble later. Like, I love doing that in TV news. I'm like, oh, you didn't like that? Oh, oops. Oopsies. <laughs> Did I go too far? Um, so I thought about doing it, but then I pulled back because I started thinking about what do I want to say? And it was for me sustainability. And I have one brand that I always go to because I've done enough research on who they are and what they are. And I think, you know, anybody on the outside, my friends who are thinking this is her maybe only time ever on a red carpet, that's what she wore. <laughs> um, it was not the glam. It was just it was just simple in me. So, yeah. It's so funny because I actually, of course, this morning I wake up and I'm scrolling mm -hmm. um, on the social medias. And I saw that you posted something about sustainability and like mm -hmm. it's not just for hippies. It's about yeah. uh, like life. So survival. Yes, I love that that is your message because yeah. it's so important. And the fact that like you live that life, like <laughs> Ginger, I cannot use paper towels without being like, what would Ginger say right now? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to make the switch. Okay. So I love that sustainability yeah. is your message through and through. But sustainability, we have to make fashionable. That's what I always say. So whether it is paper towel choice or... I'm trying to change my front lawn away from grass and into something more sustainable. I'll let you know how the neighborhood what? watch goes on that one. I know yeah. grass isn't the best. Anyway, so let's get back to fashion. Yeah. The year that you were there, do you remember any standout dresses or maybe guys too, the, you know, the suits? Yeah. Okay. So 2019, it was the year of JLo's like mirror pieced Tom mm. Ford dress. So mm. that one really stuck out. Um, Danae Guerrero's uh, gold look was amazing. It was this mm -hmm. uh, kind of like A-line dress, I think. You know, I'm not, I'm yeah. not quite the fashionista myself, but <laughs> it was the year of Black Panther, so I remember paying attention to her. But yes. 2019, uh, hands down, was the year of Billy Porter with oh, yeah. the tux dress because yes. he shut it down that night. Like as soon as he <laughs> showed up, that was it. That's what everyone was talking about. So if you're talking 2019 Oscars fashion, Billy Porter. Billy Porter, and people say that fashion can be a waste of time and, you know, all this. But at the same time, you do say something. So as much as I'd love for sustainability, do I want to see the same dress every single year? You know, I don't I don't think so. So I, I do love that idea. And it's like when, when Tiffany Haddish, like the first mm -hmm. big, really expensive dress that she bought and she wore it multiple times. And mm -hmm. it was not only to the point of sustainability, but relatability. Because yes. everyone at home was like, oh, yeah, like you go, you wash it or get it dry cleaned. And boom, of course, why would you only wear something one time? And the the rental ability is really the part that makes it all fine to me. Like you can say and do whatever you want as long as somebody else wore it last year. Like I'm happy to wear Billy Porter's tux dress, you know, like I'd be happy to take that on. Yeah. So I think that's probably I mean, maybe that's the compromise or the answer between is let the clothes say things multiple times for multiple people. And like you said, the the, the rental clothing market um, is big and extremely helpful. Extremely. Well, we know it will be different, but I know you're going to look gorgeous. So what are you wearing? Tell us now. And what are you saying with what you're wearing? Well, um, at least what I'll say right now is that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think part of it is what we've been talking about. I've, I haven't consciously thought like, yeah. oh, you know, what what message do I want? But it's very much like, you know, not trying to obviously go and break the bank for a dress that sure. I'll wear 
one time. I certainly would like to wear something that's been worn before, mm-hmm. whether it's by me or not. Um, so I don't know. It's still completely up in the air. I'm not even sure. Okay. We will get our intentions together. It's like the beginning of a yoga class. Yes. But yet it's about fashion. And <laughs> our intention will be set soon. And we will see, Janae, because I know either way, no matter what you wear, even if it's the exact same thing with the same hairdo, you're going to look so good. Because now I'm remembering <laughs> the orange red. Janae, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Ginger. I can't wait to see you in person. Someday soon. (laughs) Someday, yes. Take care. So we're going to introduce you to arguably the most important person on the red carpet, Lauren (laughs) Selman. And Lauren, I hope they told you that you're my big get for this podcast. Like this is... Let's do it. (laughs) I did not want a big star. I did not want... Because I really think for anybody who loves the Oscars or doesn't know anything about the Oscars, you're the person we want to hear from. So tell me, like, if you were going into a cocktail party, how do you describe your job at the Oscars? It depends on what day, <laughs> because <laughs> what I love about my job is that it changes every day. But in terms of, you know, the soundbite of, you know, what, what I do, it's, it's really about getting everyone in alignment and on the same page to make the production happen. And that's the thing. I, I don't know if people fully understand what it takes to do hours of live TV, but it's a lot and it does take a lot of planning. And you've done several other types of events from Olympics to World Cups, a lot of sports, it seemed like when I was looking in your <laughs> resume. Uh, would you would you liken this to any of those sports or is uh, an Oscars red carpet a sport all its own? I think you're right. I think it's a sport all unto its own. But, you know, there's a start, a starting line and there's a finish line. And, you know, at the end of the day, it really comes down to working as a team to get it done. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's live. There's a risk to it. And it's about being able to respond to what's happening and doing your best to plan, but also knowing that, you know, the best plans might not be the best plans when when show day comes around. So just doing our best to prepare and, of course, making sure that everyone is safe and making sure that we have fun while doing it. So what would you say would be one of those glowing moments where maybe a surprise happened that you didn't expect that you were like, wow, thank goodness that happened? <laughs> I think, you know, nothing can can compare to one's first Oscars. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember I had come from event planning and my mom was an event planner. So it's like in my bones. And I studied event management and production in school and being on the red carpet for my first time and realizing the magnitude and the legacy and the importance of the Oscars. It's not just the night that we're in right there, but it's history that you're creating. And I just, I remember looking around and I had, you know, all of these stars that I had, I had seen growing up or seen in my favorite movies and I'm there and they're all looking at me (laughs) for direction of where to go and what to do. And in that moment, I recognized like that that my role and our role as a team is to take care of them mm-hmm. and to ensure that this this evening goes as as their wildest imaginations and dreams have imagined. And I just I, remember standing there being like, okay, you're important, you're important, you're important, you're important, you're important. And everyone is a VIP that night. And so if you go back to that memory of that first time, are there certain names that were like, oh my gosh, it's so-and-so? Um, I have... And adoration and admiration for uh, Charlize Theron. So every time I see her, I just get a little like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. But I also recognize, you know, the stars are incredible. And also the other nominees are incredible as well, Mm -hmm. because everyone that night is, 
is a nominee. And that's so exciting. You know, the fact that their life's work is being recognized. Yes. It's, it's an honor to be amongst them. My one time on the carpet was a couple of years ago, and it happened to be one of those pouring rain LA days. And this is why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I thought, you know, you can forecast for so long, but it does seem like the Oscars has a bit of a rain problem. <laughs> it has happened <laughs> more than once. And I got to see the operation and, and I thought, who is running this? That they've got, you know, the most orchestrated people with sticks pouring the things off the sides. It was really incredible. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And, and for sure, that's a team effort. And that's pivoting and responding to disaster, responding to chaos. And you know, prior to getting into production, I was very interested in being in emergency medicine. And one of the things we learned in EMT training was spread the calm, not the chaos, because chaos yes. is contagious. Yes. And that's kind of my motto when it comes to production is to spread the calm. How big is the team? I mean, your team has to be huge. Just numbers wise, what I saw that day seemed at least in the dozens, I had to be a hundred, but I'm sure there's more. And the hundreds that aren't, that you don't see on the carpet, you know, hundreds upon thousands of people work the Oscars. And I think that's the thing too, is, you know, you, you sign up for this job and there are expectations or any production that you sign up for. And you're like, okay, this is what is expected of me. But on show day, it comes to just, you know, showing up in your best self and being fully present to respond and be like, all right, cool. I'm going to be holding that dress. Oh, great. I'm going to be the one stitching up that person's dress that, you know, broke or whatever, like just being able to respond as necessary. So at this point, we're best friends, Lauren. So you can tell me anything. So I just need a little something, a little dirt, a little like, okay, even if you don't name a name, like what's the one moment where you clutched your heart? Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And then what was, how did you make a solution? <sighs> there's just, there's so many different moments throughout the years that just add up. And I, I'm sure you relate to this, but I feel like that sometimes there's a bit of production amnesia. Mm -hmm. Like the week after I sleep so soundly and I look back and I'm like, how did I pull off that 21 hour day? Yeah. How did I do that? Like what was, what was the adrenaline that got through, you know, from going down to the carpet to into the show to up to the governor's ball to all of the different things that are happening simultaneously that day with seven people talking in one year, 20 people talking in the other year, the most famous person you've ever seen asking for your help. You know, that moment that I was mentioning before, um, you know, I had Charlize Theron and Jennifer Lawrence and they were hugging and all these people wanted to walk by and I was like, just stop. They're hugging. It's such a great moment. Um, like they're hugging. They're having a great moment. They're having a sister moment. Don't interrupt it. Yeah. I always think that we do a two-hour live program every morning on Good Morning America, and I always give the biggest accolades to our director because I think about what she does daily, and the number of moving parts on a regular show pre-COVID was wild. And speaking of, this year for the carpet, it is different. I mean, you're not gonna, we're not going to have the one that I saw. It's not the same setup, right? It's, it won't be the same setup and it won't be the Oscars that people, you know, know, but I think that is also exciting because it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. And I think over this year, if it's taught me anything as someone who has lived and breathed production for over 15 years, this year was all about adapting. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we change? How do we pivot? How do we innovate? And it's honestly what I think is so magical about the production community is this is what we've been designed to do. 
I imagine too, it's not like we're going to see physical, we're not going to see a Purell stands around <laughs> like hand sanitizer right here in the middle of the carpet. Are you going to be like, have one of those waitressing belts and then just like be double fisted Purell for people? Like how does that part work? And are we going to see any of that while we're watching? Well, two things you need to know about me because we're besties. One is if I wear a dress, I will have the deepest pockets you've (laughs) ever seen with my walkies and everything in Mm -hmm. them. But I'm notorious for wearing my knee-high black boots underneath my dress Ah. that have my cell phone and my Purell and my wipes and everything ready, uh, Girl Scout style, right underneath. And no one can see it underneath the, the gown that I wear. But I think this year it's going to be about safety and safety is first. Those Purell stands, they're going to be available, but you know, maybe not in the shot, but definitely, (laughs) definitely available to everyone and making sure that everyone is as safe as possible. When I worked in weddings uh, for a very long time, for almost a decade, as I was getting into TV and prior to, uh, doing what I do now as even at 15, I was bussing tables at weddings and big ones, right? So I think there has to be some, like you said, event planning. This is just happens to be the biggest wedding out there. 100%. And I think you nailed the nail on the head where, you know, I've, prior to production, I've done plenty of weddings and this is just, Mm -hmm. you know, weddings for 250 people of your, like the most famous people and everyone. And they're all the bride. (laughs) Exactly. Everyone's the bride. And anything can happen. Yeah. Do you try to emulate the wedding planner, Jennifer Lopez's character? That's what I think about every time too. Like I think about you now, I have you with a little walkie and a little mic and I'm like, obviously that's who she plays. (laughs) Duh. Um, That was not an Oscar (laughs) film. However, (laughs) it's actually really funny. My, um, my fiance and I met at a wedding. I was the wedding planner and he was the wedding singer. (gasps) And so I often say, babe, you know, I'm JLo, right? Yes. You're a hundred. I'm so glad that worked out. You probably are so particular with your napkin and perfect like her too. Um, We are best friends for one other reason, and this has nothing to do with the Oscars this year. I'm a meteorologist. I love the atmosphere. I do stories for the last 20 years on climate change environment, and you are huge into sustainability. Is that something that you take into account for every production, including the Oscars? As much as I can. Mm -hmm. You know, my... When I was in college, I studied production and I got a second degree in conservation resource management. My area of study was, you know, what does it take and what does it cost the environment for us to be entertained? Mm -hmm. From a production standpoint, there's so many factors to consider. So if we're able to just do one, you know, one change, great. If we can do another change the next year, great. I think when it comes to sustainability overall, it's It takes time, it takes education, and I'm super proud of what the Academy continues to do and to incorporate from a sustainability standpoint. Mm -hmm. You talked about, you know, forecasting, and that's what you do. And that's essentially what we as production people do is we're professional forecasters. We just Mm -hmm. don't have the clouds in the sky. And we're trying (laughs) to forecast a future and forecast a production that hopefully will make people smile and laugh and celebrate things that they love when they're at home. Do you have any pre-show rituals like, okay, I have to meditate for 20 minutes. I have to get, you know, do you have any of that now that you've been doing it this long? (laughs) I have two. Okay. One is the night before the red carpet. I go down with my coordinator and there's no one on the carpet and it's completely still. Hmm. Don't tell anyone, but I lie down on the carpet and I just look up and it's still and it's quiet. And typically we're on Hollywood Boulevard and... There's like this hum of electricity, the hum of the city. 
looking up at the sky and I've done it for the past nine years and it's the best. It's just mm. that calm before the storm, but hopefully there's no storm. <laughs> and that's what I do the night before. And my day of ritual is, again, in those moments before before the excitement, again, now the stands are full, the fans are there, the camera's set up, people are doing their last live hit, everyone's in position, and I walk down to make sure all the press is locked in before I tell my colleague, you know, we're all locked in and ready to go. And that moment where you feel the gears of production just lock and you're like, here we go. (laughs) And I love that moment of just walking down and and doing my best to make eye contact with all of our colleagues, all of our security guards, all of the press that's there to all work together and make this this incredible show possible. And I walk to the end and I just go to the front of the step and repeat. I'm just like, we're ready. And if anyone on April 25th sees a woman with black boots to her knees and a dress over them with pockets, you'll know it's Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) I am so happy I got to meet Lauren. And if you're like me, you're going to be looking for her on that red carpet on Oscar Sunday because she tries to stay out of the camera. But hey, if she's fixing a dress or she's getting somebody some Purell, you know those deep pockets in her dress are going to come in handy. I'm looking for the black boots too. All right, so we do have one more episode before the big night. Don't miss it because Chris, Kelly, Jason, Janae, and I all coming back together. They're going to share their expert analysis, their hot takes as we go into the big night. And I promise it will help you watch the Oscars with a lot more, you know, information, but also a lot more fun. And if you like this episode, give us some love. Five-star rating, maybe. Oh, add in a little nice review. Oh, thank you. Anyway, it'll mean a lot to us. Thank you so much for listening. Inside the Oscars is a production of ABC Audio, produced by Matt Wolf. Our executive producer, Liz Alessi. Special thanks to Josh Cohan, Trevor Hastings, John Green, Taryn Hartman, Beth Mullen, Carrie Strasberg, Elizabeth Russo, Hal Areno Thiel, and Stacia Dashishko. And a big shout out to ABC's entertainment booking team. Cleo Andriades, Monica Escobedo, and Eric Jones. Our legal and standards partners, always keeping us right, Ian Rosenberg and Kimberly Brown. And thank you to the Academy. Ha, never thought I'd get to say that. I'm Ginger Z, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>